a mountain of adversity. Praise God. God is faithful. He will not suffer you to go through that above that you are able, but will with the temptation, with the challenge, with the, He will make a way of escape. Praise God. Amen. God is good. Amen. I, uh, if you have the uh, Uversion Bible app and you're following along with us, go ahead and you can open that at this time. And it's the little brown Bible app and then uh, halfway down or more button and then halfway down events and then select the Cassaview Assembly of God Church. And all of the uh, slides that we have for our Bible study will be on there for about a week. And you can avail yourselves of those opportunities. In your bulletin today, go ahead and pull out today's study guide. Along with, there's a lot of other things in there you can look at later. Amen. God's good. Praise God. I'd like to begin with a little bit of humor. I heard about a fellow who, he was an older guy. He was about 85 years of age. And uh, he was out fishing one morning and he heard a voice. And the voice said, Pick me up, pick me up. He looked around, didn't see anybody. He's looking in the water. Maybe somebody fell in or something. And uh, uh, he didn't see anything, so he thought he was just daydreaming or something. And then he heard it again, the voice again. Pick me up, pick me up. And he listened clearly. And then he looked down, and there was a lily pad there. And on that lily pad, he saw a frog. And he said in amazement, are you the one that's talking to me? And the frog said, yes, pick me up, kiss me, I'll turn into a beautiful bride. Well, the man very quickly, he reached down and grabbed that lily pad, that, picked that, that frog and put him in his front pocket. And the frog said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I said, kiss me and I'll turn into a bride. And the man said, no thanks, at my age, I'd rather have a talking frog. Amen. Praise God. Some of you can relate to that, I'm sure. Amen. Well, today we continue our study on our, uh, from our theme this year. Our theme this year is growing together, spiritual growth. How many of you want to grow deeper, further? Amen. In the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Well, in today's study, we're going to be, be moving, focusing on moving to a higher level a deeper level, if you will, of spiritual growth. And in our study, we're going to identify from Scripture at least five different levels that are listed of, of spiritual growth that you can attain to, or levels of spiritual maturity. And I'm going to challenge you that wherever you are, wherever you think you are, that you can move to a higher level. I just believe that with all my heart. And so the title of today's message is somewhat, uh, uh, I guess, direct. Uh, and it's simply this, why don't you grow up? Amen. Matter of fact, turn to somebody and tell them, why don't you grow up? Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking about spiritual growth now, spiritual growth. Amen. Now, recently we have been talking about taking spiritual risk, being willing to be led by the Spirit of God when He would direct you to do something that you normally would not do. And, uh, you know, Peter, it was, Lord, if it is you, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, come. Normally he wouldn't be doing that, but he listened and he took a risk and he stepped out onto the water. 
and and uh, be willing. The point is, we we've learned that we need to be willing to act in faith. Be willing to act in faith. A couple of Sundays ago, uh, one of the ladies felt impressed when the evangelist was here. When he said, if you need a miracle, step out. It took a risk. Took a risk to step out. And because she acted in faith and she stepped out, the evangelist gave her a word and that word came to pass. Amen. And uh, and answered a prayer that we've been praying for years about. It came to pass. There was a breakthrough that took place. And I submit to you that had we not been willing to step out and take a risk, that that might not have even happened. Amen. And so it's something about acting on your faith that produces the results. Praise God. And then last week, we talked about, like the song that Sherry Trent just got through singing, is sometimes there will be a valley, sometimes there'll be a mountain, sometimes there'll be an adverse circumstance, a storm that you're going through, and not that God necessarily caused that. You may have been a part of that. It may be an attack of the enemy. Whatever it is. Uh, but you find yourself in something that you would not have chosen to go through. But in that, you can find the Lord. And through that circumstance, the Lord can speak to us. Amen. And we can actually grow spiritually because we've been through a battle. We've been through the storm. Amen. And I think the title of that of that study last week was something about uh, 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 something about pain and gain, amen. And uh, if you have uh, what the, what does a football coach says? No pain, no gain. That's right. And so uh, you can have growth through pain. And then today we're talking about God's process, biblical process of spiritual growth in our lives. How many of you believe that God wants you to grow spiritually? Amen. I believe that, and I believe it's in the Word of God. And, uh, but there's a process. You can make a decision say, yes, pastor, I want to grow, and I want to become mature in the Lord. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a process. And we're going to talk about how God works in our lives. And I, we're going to understand that. That uh, Now, from last week, there was a verse of Scripture we used last week because we were going through circumstance. And one of the verses we talked about is, we know that all things work together for good. Even though the storm is coming, all things work together for good. Even though the adverse circumstances come, all things work together for good to those who love God and those who called according to His purpose. And you say, well, what is His purpose? And then He tells us in the next verse what His purpose is. His purpose is that we would be conformed into the image of His Son. In other words, the purpose that God is working in us is so that we would begin to uh, be, He would make us like the character and nature of His Son, Jesus Christ, the firstborn among, among brethren, to be conformed into His image. That's God's purpose in us. He wants us to develop the character of Christ in us. You know, the Lord is working on us. There's a verse of Scripture in Philippians that says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey Him, and the power to do what pleases Him. Oh, praise God. That's a beautiful verse of Scripture. And I've got a word for you. God is not finished working on us. 
We are under construction. We're in a work zone, if you will. And as we walk in obedience to Him, He will give us the provision and the power to do what pleases Him, to do His will. Amen. And so if we're going to grow spiritually, here are two presuppositions, two presuppositions on your outline now, that we need to understand. And the first of those is simply that God desires that we grow spiritually. He desires that we grow up and move to a higher level, a deeper level with Him. The Bible tells us that we are to do that. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15, it says, But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up. There it is. That we may grow up in all things unto Him who is head Christ. The Lord desires for us to grow up into Christ. And uh, putting the character and nature of Christ in our lives. And so... God wants you to grow up. Secondly, the second presupposition is simply this, is there is a process of growth for every Christian. There's a process. In other words, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not instantaneous that you're going to be changed. It is a gradual process. Amen. Now, what we see from Scripture is that there are men and women in the Bible that not only develop physically from birth to adulthood, but they also develop spiritually. They grew spiritually. And here are a few of those just to draw your attention to the fact that there is a process of growth. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ. And Scripture says in Luke chapter 1, it says the child, John the Baptist, he grew and became strong. But notice how he became strong. He became strong in Spirit. It was spiritual strength. It was spiritual growth that was taking place at the same time that he was growing physically. He was growing in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly in Israel. Now, not only was John the Baptist involved in developing spiritually, and obviously he was speaking both of the physical development of growth, but also the spiritual development, growth in spirit. But Jesus himself, Jesus himself grew up not only physically and became an adult, but he grew up spiritually in proportion to his natural physical development. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 40, speaking of the childhood of Jesus, it says the child grew and became, there it is again, those words, strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God, the favor of God, was upon him. And so Jesus grew spiritually as well as physically. And so growth is a normal part of the process of, of childhood development. We understand that. And, but there is a spiritual faith development that is also available for the believer as well. And so just as children grew and developed in the Bible, John the Baptist and Jesus are examples of that, who, who served God and, and fulfilled those responsibilities. In the Old Testament, you could certainly look to Samuel as a child that developed and so forth. But it, this is also true of adults. If an adult comes to Christ, there is a process of spiritual growth in their life that they can grow a, as well. An example of that would be on the road to Damascus. 
Saul of Tarsus was traveling and the Lord got his attention. A bright light shone. You can read about it in Acts chapter 9. And uh, he went into the city and, and Ananias came and spoke that prophetic word over him. Now, what did he do? He, did he just immediately change? No, no, no. There was a period of time in Damascus, several years he was there. And he was, what was he doing? He was growing spiritually. Here's the verse of scripture in Acts 9, 22. It says, Paul increased all the more in strength. Well, did he join the spa? And was he lifting weights? No, no, no. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about spiritual growth that was taking place in his life. How do you know that? We'll look at the next phrase. And he confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. He was growing spiritually so that he could counteract their arguments and prove that the Messiah was Jesus. Amen. And so he grew, he increased in strength. Not only did it happen to him, but it happened to the twelve disciples. Later, we referred to them as apostles. And they went through a process of growth because they, for three years, they were with Christ. They witnessed the miracles and the feeding of 5,000. All these things they saw, the dead raised and the deaf here and sight returned to the blind. They saw it all. They were witnesses of it. Can you imagine the level of faith that they should have had? Amen. Having been right there with Jesus. But the problem was, and they followed him, and then he was crucified, and, they, and then he resurrected from the grave, and then he ascended into heaven, and they still were lacking boldness. They were still lacking confidence. They still needed something more than they had. Oh, but the good news is, on the day of Pentecost, all of that changed. What happened? They moved to a higher level because of a relationship of the Holy Spirit that not only was with them, but was now in them. And it made a significant impact in their lives. Glory to God. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit, when He gets inside of you, will make an impact in your life too. Amen. So God, the point I'm trying to make is, God has a process. He desires for us to grow up spiritually, and that there is a process of growth. Here's a third thing I want to mention on this, and that is that the Bible frequently uses the physical realm to help explain to us the unseen spiritual realm. And this is true in many dimensions. And, uh, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul is trying to illustrate that the Holy Spirit uses a diversity of gifts, and the analogy that he uses is the human body. And he says that the foot can't say to the hand or say to the eye, I don't need you. All are important, and he uses that analogy for the spiritual gifts. Some gifts are more prominent, others are less prominent, but you need them all. If you don't think you need every part of the body, then you wake up in the middle of the night and go stump your toe. And let me tell you, that little toe, amen, will, will let you know that, it, that you need that toe, amen. And you need not to stump that toe because it will give you a headache, you'll hurt so bad, amen. And uh, so the, the point is, is that... Often in Scripture, 
Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter 6, armor of God. And he's using this natural illustration of a Roman soldier with all of his armament, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, shield of faith. He's using that as a, a picture in the, from the physical realm to a spiritual truth of spiritual warfare. Amen. And so it's oftentimes it's used. The same thing. And what are you trying to say here? I'm telling you today that there is a real spiritual realm and stages of spiritual growth that for us to understand it, it's all way out there in the spirit realm. We can't see it. We don't understand it. But let's give you a concrete physical picture in the physical realm to help you understand the spiritual. Okay, that's what we're doing. And so understand now that there are stages of spiritual development or spiritual growth that is available to the believer. And there are five stages mentioned in Scripture that I want to share with you for a few moments today that will help us understand maybe where we are in the process of our spiritual growth and our spiritual development. Amen. And we start off with a picture of a little baby. Now, when you, there, the lowest level that I see mentioned in Scripture is that of a babe in Christ. And there are several passages of Scripture that reference this. I'll look at one in a moment. But just like a natural baby is totally dependent upon his parents for nourishment and to change that, you know, their clothing and their diapers and all that stuff and burp them and things that you do with a natural baby... That's the way it is with a new Christian. A new Christian who, who just came to Christ and they've, they've asked Jesus into their heart. They don't know much about the Bible. They, they don't have a clue as to what good doctrine is or what heresy is. They need help. They need somebody to help lead them along the way. They don't know anything about God and, and, and what we believe or what the Bible says about it. They don't even know what they don't know. Amen. And so they have a long way to go and they have a long way to grow. They are what we would call a baby Christian. And one of the greatest days in your life as a parent is when you finally reach the point in the development of your child that you can now leave the house without having to take a diaper bag. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're working on that with Remy. We're not quite there. We're working on it. Amen. And uh, my granddaughter, by the way. First uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 is one of those places. And it talks about as newborn babes. What are you talking about? Uh, new Christians, newborn babes, as newborn babes, we should desire the pure milk of the Word. As a baby would desire milk, oh, they long for that milk. They, they just can't wait till they get uh, nourishment. So too should newborn babes desire the Word of God so that they can grow thereby. And so when you first come to Christ, one of the greatest things that you can ever do is read the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Read the Gospel of John is a great place to start. And just like a baby longs for milk, long for the Word of God. Now, what do we know about babes in the Bible? And we're talking about spiritual babes in Christ. Well, one of the things that we learn is that their sins are forgiven. Their sins are forgiven. And it says in in 1 John chapter 2, it says, verse 12, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. Amen. Another thing that we know about babes in Christ 
is not only have their sins be forgiven, but they should be admonished not to sin. No longer continue to sin. In chapter 2, verse 1 of 1 John, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate, or we have an attorney, if you will, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the intercession. He will intercede for you before the Father if you sin. And in the prior chapter, 1 John 1, verse 9 says that if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, praise God. And so we've learned that the babes, their sins are forgiven and they are to be admonished not to sin. The third thing that we learn about babes in Christ is that they are admonished to grow, to grow up. And our text a moment ago, we read this verse, as newborn babes desire pure milk of the word. Why? That you may grow thereby. Amen. And so they are admonished to grow up. And so the first stage, if you will, of spiritual development that Scripture talks about using the physical realm to describe it would be a baby stage, a baby Christian. Amen. Now, the second stage is not very far from this stage. And it's not one that I encourage you to dwell on or to stay at by any means. But unfortunately, there are many, many believers at stage two. And stage two is called the carnal Christian. The word carnal if you want to write it off to the side, is sarkikos. And sarkikos, spelt S-A-R-K-I-K-O-S. S-A-R-K-I-K-O-S, the Greek word sarkikos. And it's from the root word sarx, S-A-R-X. And sarx, or sarkikos, is basically flesh, or fleshly, fleshly. And so this is descriptive of a Christian that has not advanced very far from being a babe, and basically they may they've just been in in the way longer than than a new Christian, and so they are still fleshly. And in First Corinthians, Paul writes to that church and describes them as being carnal. And here's what he said in chapter three and verse number one. And I, brethren, so who's he writing to? Brothers in the church. Could not speak to you as spiritually mature people. I couldn't speak to you because that's not you. But I speak to you as stage two people. You're carnal. As stage one people are. In the sense that they've just come to Christ. They don't know anything. You're not much further along. You're just a babe in Christ. And Paul says, I fed you with a bottle. I had to burp you and change her diaper. Not really, but that's basically what he's saying. I fed you with milk and not solid food. I wanted to bring a T-bone steak, but you you couldn't handle it. I'm not talking about literal physical food. I'm talking about spiritual food. For unto now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able to handle the truth 
of the word that I want to bring to you, the depth of understanding of spiritual truth. For you, and the reason is, you are still fleshly. Sarkikos, you are still sarkikos, you are still carnal, you're still acting like unregenerate people. Because what I see happening in this church is a group of people that are just fighting a bunch of, you're fighting each other. There's strife and envy and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? In other words, unregenerate men, you're behaving like you aren't even a Christian. Now, Paul, he's really bringing some correction to the body. But he is describing level two people, if you will. The carnal Christian. This is a person who may have been actually saved a number of years. But spiritually speaking, they really have an advance. They're still at this low level, uh, same level as a new Christian, a babe in Christ. And the reason is the carnal Christian is governed more by their soul than their spirit. And you are a soul and spirit living in a body. And your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. How you feel, that's your soul. But your spirit is that part of you that came alive by His Spirit when you asked Jesus into your heart. That part of you that is created in the image of God, theologians tell us that that is your spirit man. And so your spirit is alive, but you are not walking in the spirit. You are walking in your soul or walking in the flesh. And that is descriptive of the carnal Christian. They never know total victory. They're up one day, down the next. They're like a bipolar Christian, if you will. They're manic one day and depressed the other. And hot and cold. And... uh, uh, They get mad at each other and they want to quit this and quit that and quit the praise team and quit the choir and quit the Sunday school class and quit this. They just get upset with one another. And it's the problem is that they are carnal. They're carnal. And Lord knows they want to stay home, especially during cowboy season. Hello. Why is that? Because they're carnal. And they should have grown to a higher level in their spiritual walk with God. But because they are carnal, they're stuck at this low level of really being equivalent to a babe in Christ. Same level as a new babe. That's level two. Now let's talk about level three. This is a good level. Level three is that level that you finally have started to grow. You have started to have a relationship with God. Amen. And it's still, you know, you're still a new believer, but you're growing. You're developing. And they have a loving relationship with God. They love to worship. Oh, they, they're excited about loving God. And they're, they're growing. In, in chapter 2, verse 13, I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. Oh, praise God. They have a, they're intimate with God. They're, they're, they're really pressing in. And they're growing in their relationship with you, with God. Another thing that's indicative of a child is childlike faith. You ever heard of childlike faith? Childlike faith. It's the kind of faith that a child has, and it's a very humble in that you are totally dependent upon your parent. You're totally dependent upon your heavenly Father, and you have grown to depend upon Him. And you're not depending upon self, you're depending upon God. Amen. Jesus was asked the question, Who is the greatest in the kingdom? Of course, his disciples were always debating 
which one of them would be great. And so Jesus answers their question in verse 2. In verse 1 of Matthew 18, they ask the question, who's the greatest? And in verse 2, Jesus calls and asks for a little child. Bring me a little child. And they bring a little child and set the little child before them. And he said, assuredly, I say unto you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, what does it mean to become like a little child? Do I have to shrink down and become like... like no, no, it's not physical. He's talking, he's talking about something on the inside. Well, what is it that little children have? Look at the next verse. Therefore, whoever, there's the word, humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on to say, whoever receives a little child like this in my name receives me. Amen. And so they humble themselves as a little child. Totally dependent upon God. That's the key. And there's another striking uh, statement in the next verse that talks about great judgment that will befall the individual who causes one of these little ones to stumble. And from that, we see that because these young ones in the faith, notice it says, because they are so young in the Lord, they're very vulnerable to be led astray by false teaching, or to be easily discouraged by an unloving correction. And the verse says, whoever causes one of these little ones, who believes in me? That's a key word. Who believes in me? To sin. So it could be literally children, because he brought a child that he's talking about. But we can also apply this in the spiritual realm to the stage of level one, a baby Christian who's come in, and now they're advancing. And who would cause one of these little ones in the faith to stumble and to sin? It would be better that a millstone would be hung around their neck and they were cast into the sea and drowned in the depths of the sea. Great judgment will befall those who cause one of these little ones in faith to stumble. And I think the opposite is also true. Great reward will be in heaven for those who work with children. Great reward will be given to those who nurture and encourage children to grow in their faith level. Amen. And that's true of literal children in the physical realm as they're growing in the spiritual domain, but also true of new believers. Great reward will be given to those who nurture and encourage and develop uh, and, uh, the, the young ones in faith. Amen. And so the third stage is the child stage. We talked about the baby stage. We talked about the carnal stage, the third child. Here's the fourth stage, the young adult stage. Well, this is a powerful stage of, of faith development. And uh, uh, it's one that you... And it's not a gender thing because uh, Scripture talks about a young man, but really it's, it's, it's young adult. Young woman would, would be appropriate as well. It could be called that. The season becomes one this season young adult becomes one of the greatest growing seasons and there are three things that I call want you to observe from scripture one of these is that the young adult has finally reached the point in their faith journey that they are able to overcome the devil 
They're able to stand against in spiritual warfare against the devil. And if you reach that point in your faith development that you can rebuke the devil and take authority because of the word of God, that's an indicative, uh, uh, it is indicative of the fact that you have reached at least this young adult stage in your journey, that you are engaging the enemy in spiritual warfare. Praise God. And so here's a verse of scripture from 1 John chapter 2. He writes to fathers and then he drops down and says, I write to you young men... Because you have overcome the wicked one. Praise God. Praise God. And so the question is, how did they do that? Well, it goes on and tells you how. Their strength is from having the word of God in them. They have abided in the Word of God, and the Word of God is abiding in them, and that is the source of their strength that they can withstand the enemy and overcome the enemy. In the next verse it says, I have written you, young men, because you are strong, and the Word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. And the way you're able to overcome is because the Word of God is dwelling and abiding in you. Praise God. And that is a powerful, powerful level of faith development and growth. Another thing that we see in Scripture is that the young adult in the area of spiritual growth are people who have committed themselves to live a holy and a pure life. And they're living a holy life. They're living a pure life. How do they do that? Simply by obeying God's Word. And they've made it a priority to read God's Word, to study God's Word, and understand there are some things that they need to avoid in life, and there's some things they need to embrace in life, and they line up their life with the Word of God. And as a result of that, they're living a pure and an overcoming uh, life because they're obeying the Word of God. Romans, excuse me, Psalms 119.9. How can a young young person, young, young adult, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying the Word. Obeying the Word. Amen. And so finally, we move to the highest level of spiritual development. That is the metaphor of the development of the physical. That would be the adult. And so we come to the father stage, or the mother stage, if you you will. The adult Christian. And uh, uh, there are several things that we glean from this level. First of all... They have an intimate relationship with God and uh, over a long period of time. They're not a novice. This is something they've been walking with God for a longer period of time. And uh, 1 John chapter 2 verse 14, I've written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. You've known him. You've had a relationship with Him. And also, they have not only a relationship with Him, but they have a responsibility. And the responsibility as a father or mother in the faith is that they need to impart that knowledge and train and and lift up that next generation. And so they have a responsibility to encourage and to teach others how to live an overcoming life. And this will be one of the things that will be evidence that you have reached that stage. Is that you have begun to impart spiritual truth to others. 
Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, speaking of the, the natural realm, it says, You fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And if that's true in the physical realm, let me tell you, it's also true in the spiritual realm. That we have a responsibility as at the spiritual adulthood area to help others and to train them in the admonition and the understanding of the Lord. And one of the benefits that comes from being a godly parent is that your children will honor you. And so we must honor those in our midst who are at the father stage in, in, in development. Just as we would honor our physical parents, we also have a responsibility to honor our spiritual parents in the Lord. Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And so we have responsibility to honor those who are esteemed and our elders in our, in our faith. Amen. And we should do that. And as a result, because, because uh, that's what the Word is teaching. Number four, they also have a responsibility to provide loving correction and discipline when needed. Hebrews chapter uh, f- uh, 12 describes uh, this scenario where, furthermore, we've had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? And so, have you ever been corrected by God? You ever been corrected by the Holy Spirit? Has He ever checked you for something you said? Oh, Lord, have mercy on my soul. And, and you know you've got to go back and make, uh, ask forgiveness for that or the spirit you set it in. And, and uh, well, basically what we've done, we've identified five different levels using the metaphor or the analogy of the human growth cycle And we've said from Scripture, there is a babe Christian, there's a carnal Christian, level three is a child Christian, there's a young adult, and there's finally this father stage that is available uh, for us, if you will. And now let's talk about the... Well, you say, well, that's great, I understand that, but what is that, you know, how do I move from one level to the next? That's really where we live. So let's talk about that for just a moment, and we're going to close. The process for growth. The process for growth. And again, using the physical realm for the spiritual realm, I'm using the analogy of a farmer that has seeds. He's gone to the feed store and bought some seeds. And as he journeyed home, he wasn't careful, and, and, and uh, one of the seeds, one of the squash seeds, dropped out of his bag and fell into the soil. And a few feet uh, uh, down the road... He, 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 another seed dropped out, a different seed, it fell to the earth. And wouldn't you know it, that just a few days goes by, and that squash seed, man, it starts to, to take root. That squash seed, about a week later, begins to grow, but that second seed, it didn't seem like it was doing deadly squat. And after two weeks, the squash begins to sprout leaves, and the second seed, seed you can't even tell that, it, that, it, it, that it's just doing anything at all. And wouldn't you know it, that, that within seven weeks, the squash grew fruit. And in four more weeks, it reached the end of its life, bearing much fruit in that time. 
But the other seed that fell on the ground, it just now was starting to grow. And after many years later, the squash was all but forgotten. But the other tiny seed was an acorn. And it had finally grown into a mighty oak tree. And the point I'm trying to make is many people want their maturity to be like a squash. They want it to be less overnight in a hurry and grow up in God. And, uh, but God is looking for something that takes a little longer time. He's looking for something that's going to stand the test of time. And when the winds blow, and, and it will, and the storms come, they're not going to be blown over. They're going to be solid because they have a solid foundation. And if you ask that acorn, and it was able to talk back to you, and you said, Mr. Acorn, do you want to be a big oak tree? Oh, absolutely, yes. But how? Well, there's a process. And for that acorn to grow... I, I illustrate this because this is the way that spiritual growth happens in our life too. Is that acorn had to be buried. It will not grow unless it's buried. And you bury things that are dead. It looked dead to me when I buried that acorn. And so the point is... That simply, you have to be buried, which speaks of death to self. The first step in our spiritual development is we have to die to self. And in the waters of baptism, which is symbolic of your faith in Christ, and when we bury you under the waters of baptism, we are burying, if you will, symbolically, the old way of life. And we bring you up to a new way of living. Amen. The new man. We buried the old man, if you will. And so the first step is there has to be a death to self. Now that hard outer shell around that acorn has to be opened in order for the roots to begin to grow. And so your hard outer shell also has to come off, meaning... That we have to open our hearts to the Lord. We have to deny self, die to self. We have to open our hearts to the Lord. Invite Him to come into our life. And then the next step, if you will, is we have to first grow down before we grow up. We have to establish our roots first before we're able to see any visible growth above the ground. And so you say, well, what is that about? Well, it reminds me of the blessed person in Psalms chapter 1. In chapter 1 of Psalms, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not, who, who stands not, and who sits not. He walks not with the ungodly. He stands not with sinners, and he seats, he's seated not with the scornful. And then it says in the next verse, verse 2, Instead, by not doing those things, instead his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he doth meditate day and night. 
He's studying the Word of God. This is the blessed man. And then the next verse, verse 3 says that this man is like a tree that is planted by the rivers of living water. Oh, praise God. His leaf does not wither, and he bears fruit in season, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. And so, like a tree planted by the... Who is the person? That's the person who's not involved in sin, not walking in the scornful and the ungodly, but is delighting himself in the Word of God. And your roots are growing down into the Word of God. And not only that, when you begin to grow, furthermore, realize those storms are going to come. Adversity is going to come. And you must realize that you must endure all types of adversity, all types of weather. And as you do, you will grow stronger. Last week, we talked about the uh, University of Arizona biosphere that they had created artificial environment and they were growing and they created all the rainforest and desert and, and they had trees growing. And what they discovered was they could duplicate almost all of the atmospheric conditions except one and that was wind. And because they didn't have enough fans blowing and enough wind, the trunks on those trees weren't strong enough. They had not been resisting the wind and as a result the trees just broke and fell over. They needed the storm in order to gain strength. And you know, that's, that happens with us. We need storms to go through. You say, oh, I don't need a storm, Pastor. Oh, my. You know, I'm telling you what. If you'll go through some of those things, you'll grow stronger in the Lord. And then lastly, you have to develop patience. Because we're not squash. We're kind of like that acorn. It's one day at a time. And here's the point. It's what you do daily that's going to determine your spiritual growth. It's what you, the nourishment that you receive daily. Amen. That will determine if you're growing to the next level. In closing now, I'm going to invite the musicians to come. It is the spiritual nourishment that you feed yourself daily that's going to determine the level of your growth. That's why I've often said at Cassidy Assembly is that we are really all about becoming rather than just doing. And what do you mean by that? Well, we always want to do God's will. But if you get the cart in front of the horse, you're in trouble. You've got to become a godly person before you begin to do godly things with success. A lot of people have tried to go out and do a lot of things, but they never became a godly person. And if that happens, friend, you're going to have a train wreck in your life. You're going you're gonna to have a, you're gonna go off the rails somewhere. God would is much more interested in you becoming a godly person than in you doing godly things. Now, I'm not saying he's not interested in you doing godly things. I'm saying is the priority is become a godly person. And if you will become a godly person, you don't have to worry about things that he can use you in. He will use you uh, in his timing and in his will. But there's a process involved. And that process is moving to the next level. And we often talked about dreaming big big dreams and doing big things for God. And I'm all for that. But friends, don't despise the days of small beginnings. 
and the days that God is allowing you to go through the process of growth. Have you ever wondered where you are in the process of spiritual development? What stage you're at? Some say, I know where I'm at, Pastor. I'm at the baby stage. Well, it's time to grow. (laughs) Amen. It's time to grow up. And to move and and get out of that carnality if you're at the carnal stage. And move into the childhood development. And then that young adult where you're standing on the Word. You're doing spiritual warfare because of the Word of God that's in you. But regardless of where you're at, how how many of you be honest with me and and would say, Pastor, I want to move to a higher level. I just Wherever I'm at, I want to move to a higher level. Well, that's me. I want to move to a higher level too. None of us have attained the, the top. We are all in the process. God is working in all of us. Amen. But I want you to understand today that it is a process of becoming a godly man, a godly woman, and it's one day at a time. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him take up his cross daily. And follow me. What's that? That's dying to self. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That's following Him. That's obedience. Obedience to Him. Friends, you cannot bypass the process and be a lasting success for the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, today as I close, we're going to begin that process afresh and anew today. Amen. And I want to give you an opportunity to plant yourself, bury, if you will, your, your will, uh, to die to self, to take off that hard exterior and open your heart to God, amen, and to allow His presence to flood your soul so that you will be rooted in the Word of God and walking in obedience to God, amen. And that if storms, not, not, not when, not if, but when, when the storms of adversity come, you're going to stand firm because you're rooted in God's Word. Amen. And understand, and just be patient with God through this process of daily walking with God. Amen. Are you ready to, to grow spiritually? Let's stand together. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this teaching of the Word of God. And Lord, our desire is to grow. We want to grow in you. Lord, we want to, whatever level we're at, Lord, we want to advance in the kingdom of God. And I pray, Lord, that as we die to self, as we take off that hard exterior shell that we keep ourselves in, and we just open up our heart to you, Lord, right now. And God, I open up my heart totally to you, Lord, and I receive from you, Lord. God, my desire, Lord, and your desire is that I grow and advance. But, Lord, I will never grow beyond the level of the Word. I have to get the Word of God in me and abide and dwell in the Word. And, Lord, I thank you for reminding me today of how essential it is that every day, every day, I walk with you. Every day, I commune with you. Every day, it's what I do daily that's going to determine if I'm moving to the next level or not. And Lord, I ask you, God, to renew that in my heart and mind today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, I'm amazed by you.